So, good afternoon everybody. This is Valerie Reif, Research Associate at Florence School of Regulation. We are here in Florence today, where we participate on the last day of the first global forum organized by Florence School. And I have the high pleasure to be here today with Daniel Schmerler, who is currently chairman of the Peruvian Regulatory Agency for Investment in Energy and Mining, and who is also chair of the International Confederation of Energy Regulators. Thank you for the interview. Thank you. And um, first, I would like to ask you, um, the, the regulator in Peru is responsible for energy and mining. So has that always been the case? And then what is the background to that? Yes, it's a very curious thing, because if you look around the world, the usual is you have uh, one regulator for electricity, another one for oil and gas, and maybe one authority for supervising the, the mining activity. But in Peru, uh, we had uh, originally an energy regulator for electricity that was uh, found, uh, found in 1997. It, it was called OSIMERT. Organismo Supervisor de Inversión en Energía, and the role was supervising uh, electricity and hydrocarbon. After that, we started the industry of gas that is very new in Peru. It started in year 2004. So also we see we 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 do all two uh, supervision of uh, gas since this year, and after that in 2007 the Minister of uh, Energy and Mines decided to give us the mission to supervise to the, the big minery. You have in Peru a big activity in metallic minery, silver, zinc, gold, and uh, copper, and another minerals. So since this time we are uh, an organization that regulate the utilities in electricity and gas and supervise to uh, all the activities all the chain of production, transmission or transport, and distribution and commercialization in electricity, gas, <laughs> hydrocarbon, and the activity of uh, exploration and exploitation of, of mines. And as I understand, this is also important because you expect um, a high rise in electricity demand. Is that also due to mining activities in Peru? Yes. Uh, we have uh, uh, in, the, in the next uh, two years, uh, uh, a lot of new projects in, in, in mining, uh, six, I think, six big new mines going to be uh, incorporated into the market. So, as we know, the mining activity has a high demand of electricity, and it's going to take up the, the, electri that, the electricity that we produce. So we must take some measures to have more electricity in our market for this demand and the regular demand that is increasing like in all places. I understand. Um, if we move to a different topic, we had a very interesting lunch conversation two days ago where you said that Peru already has a connection rate to the grid of 95%, but you also said that from your perspective there is a need for a general debate on energy in your country. Yes. Can you elaborate a bit on that? What do you mean by that? Yes. Uh, the expectation of all the countries in century 21 is that 100% of population have electricity. We have uh, now the, the trouble that the people in the rural areas, and, and, and it means in Peru, hundreds of thousands uh, people, I think up than uh, half a million, 
and it's a lot of people, don't have electricity and it's very expensive and difficult by the distance and the mountains that we have in, in my country to connect them to the grid. So we must find another solution for reach the year 2020-2021 that is going to be the bicentennial of the independence of Peru, 200 years of uh, independent country. Oh, and wow. have, uh, this is, uh, we, we have the goal to, to reach this uh, significant date for Peru with all the people connected to the electricity. So maybe the solution is going to be working in uh, off-grid and renewable sources like the solar and the wind farms. It, it can, could help to connect these people and have all the people with the energy that, that need for, for progress. That really connects very well to what we discussed the last couple of days, which is also rural access to electricity yes. and standalone system, mini grids, very well. And what you also said during our lunch conversation was that you think there are at the moment two priorities for Peru, the first of which is um, investment in renewables yes. and the second of which is interconnectors actually to your neighboring countries. Yes. So can you say something for both topics? Yes, thanks for your, your question. Uh, yes, in, in the first, I, I want to say you that in Peru we have just 5% of our energy sources is renewable. I am not counting here the hydro, hydro, mm -hmm. uh, the water, because it's uh, a traditional. It's renewable, but it's traditional. I am talking now about the no, renewable, no, no conventional. Uh, so wind and solar. Wind and solar, and maybe geothermic or biogas, and this kind. And in Peru, we only have 5%, and I think it is a few because we have a, a very rich territory with a high potential to increase the number of uh, infrastructure and installation of this kind of sources. So it gone, it, and it is uh, very easy to, cons uh, to, to build and you can build it very fast. If a uh, hydropower central takes between five and seven years, it only takes the, the renewable, no conventional, one or two years. And it's going to help us to have an, a, a rapid new new sources to attend the demand that we talked uh, before. And the interconnection is another key factor to improve our level of generation. And we have a, a, a neighborhoods that have the potential to connect with us and have an, an excellent of energy. Like the, the nearest is Ecuador in the north of Peru. So we are working in my country to have in the next two years an interconnection with Ecuador and we explore into the possibility to do the same with Chile, that is our neighborhood in the south. So do I understand correctly that at the moment you don't have any interconnectors with neighbors? In the moment we don't have. Other countries in South America are working now with interconnection, like Argentina with Brazil and Uruguay. But uh, and I, I understand that Chile with Argentina have a, some kind of interconnection too. But Peru don't have it, but we have identified that it's necessary to have the interconnection for uh, have a stronger system. And when do you expect the first interconnection to be in operation? In more two years from now, I, I think in, at the end of 2021. And then you will also use this interconnection um, for market activities, or will it mostly be in emergency cases that you will help each other? It's going to be a complementary source of energy and protect us for any trouble, like uh, you have a natural phenomenon that uh, reduce our capability to produce uh, hydro water or, uh, or gas energy. So you have uh, this other uh, way to, to maintain the energy. 
And in the long term, is there any plan of regional, more regional integration and also market integration? So if you think about 10 years, 15, 20 years, perhaps? Uh, we don't have identified this because we have uh, trouble in my country that we don't uh, have at, at, until now uh, plan, an uh, indicative planificator. And this is a, a homework. It's something, uh, something that we think must do. We have the studies with international organizations and we look that this is very necessary. Our neighborhoods like Chile, another neighbor like Colombia, have an, a special unit to planificate the future of the energy. And we in Peru have identified that it is very important and we need it to uh, answer in, in a professional way the uh, question like you are doing me now. Very good. So you also did your first preparations um, towards indicative planning because we had this topic in one of the sessions in the Global Forum. Okay. So maybe you can take some insights from that. And I thank you very much for yeah, your thank insights. Thank you. Thank you, Bali.